Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto podcasters and Odyssey as well. Today, my guest is Matthew Gilman. Uh, this is a live stream if you're watching the 13th. Uh, if you will, and we'll, almost immediately after, I'll drop it and uh, kind of make it no longer public. So if you want to be able to have access to it in the meantime, then I always had to be scrambling to catch the live streams. Uh, so low, low price of two bucks a month. Uh, you can become a patron and you have access to that in the meantime, because I'll drop it about a week or so later publicly. But uh, yeah, that's patreon.com. There's no way Jose 2020. Like I said, the lowest level is two bucks. The highest level is 20. That's the sponsors. Uh, I do want to let you guys know, I think uh, the $5 level allows you to kind of get like essentially free super chats. You can in the patron give your questions or I even give you a code. So if you want to just drop it in the stream while you're watching, uh, I'll bring it up. But for my sponsors, I mention them every show. I currently only have Mikel Thorpe of the Expat Money Show. Uh, basically, his old shtick is if you're trying to get out of the country, uh, he's your guy. Uh, so if you're trying, and, and all the little different details, citizenship, uh, stuff like that, he does it as, as a as a job. So you can go check him out. But he also has a podcast as well. So and it kind of goes. But obviously, if you're like really serious into it, you definitely need to go check him out. Uh, you know, his business side of things. But if you're just kind of interested, you can check out his show. Uh, I definitely highly suggest it. Uh, the topic today, I mean, if you can see the title, I'm sure you understand. We're doing Duncan Lemp. Uh, this will be, I think, my third episode on the topic. I've covered it once with uh, uh, Magnus Benvidia, which is kind of like a boob guy a lot of you guys might be familiar with. The second one was with Casey Robinson, who was Duncan's girlfriend, uh, you know, and the mother of his child. Uh, she was pregnant at the time of the uh, incident that we're referring to, for those who are aware. We'll go into more of this, uh, but... Yeah, uh, so I definitely, I highly suggest, suggest checking that one out. It's episode 171. Uh, I think that's probably probably one of the most, if not the most important episodes I've done. Uh, I highly suggest checking that out. Uh, yeah, uh, make sure, I do want to let you guys know on the 20th, uh, you know, depending on when you're watching this, you may already be out. Uh, Chingo Bling coming on for the Four Pony Boys series I do. Uh, he, he's an interesting fellow, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, last thing, toplobster.com. You can associate check over for 10% off. He has like my merch. He has a bunch of other shows merch. So if you want to support me with merch or support other shows with their merch or just get some of his, uh, you know, other stuff he sells, some other content that's not specifically show merch. He has a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Top Lobs is a man. I love that guy. Uh, so definitely go check that out. With that, let's go ahead and get Matthew in here. Hey, what's up, man? Hello. Hey, uh, pleasure to have you here. Uh, could you real quick for the people, uh, this is the first time you've come on my show. Let them know who you are what you're about and then maybe even like kind of at the end of it like kind of let us know what motivated you to write this uh, upcoming book because oh, i didn't even mention the intro the reason i brought you on is because you wrote a book about duncan lump it's not released yet but i got an early viewing of it and i was impressed with it and i believe it's probably the first if not the first uh, on the duncan lump situation so it's kind of important and so i wanted to kind of do my best to try to promote it uh, the best i can but but the floor is yours ah um i my name is Matthew Gilman. I live in Northern Michigan. I'm a uh, independent writer. Um, I have several books on Amazon and I kind of started diving into nonfiction um, earlier this year. Um, did a book on Michael Hastings because there wasn't one <laughs> and uh, it was a topic I wanted to learn more about. And then um, a few months ago, there was the release of a uh, leaked memo from the FBI, and it had all these domestic terrorist racist groups that they were supposed to be on the lookout for. And part of that memo had a list of uh, people that were regarded as 
uh, Martyrs. And there was a couple of familiar names on there. And one that stood out was Duncan Lemp. And I couldn't figure out or remember directly where I had heard that name. So I started looking into it and I was like, oh yeah, it's that, that guy, you know, around the same time as Brianna Taylor. And the only difference was that some people remember Brianna Taylor now and uh, nobody really remembers Duncan Lemp. So wanted to learn a little more about it. And uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, the FBI doesn't want you to. <laughs> so it was uh, more, uh, uh, curiosity on my part and uh the more i learned about it and the more podcasts i listened to like the michael malice episode that i remembered listening to like two years ago when it first came out and uh then i came across your episode uh with casey robinson uh there were several podcasts that were about it and more seemed to be coming up as of lately like two years later there's a renewed interest in the story and I kept hearing different things, um, like the different stories from the police, but then I couldn't find like what the differences were, things like that. And I just decided to look it all up myself. And uh, previous experiences with the Michael Hastings book, um, I already knew about different programs at the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, uh, several other agencies had going on at the time and um, started looking into things like that as well and uh, tried to piece things together as best I could as to what led up to the shooting. Yeah. Um, I do want to say uh, you said that a lot of people kind of don't care about it as much. I can assure you, you uh, we talked a little bit before then. I guess you're a little bit new to the kind of circles that I swim in. Uh, our people are, are, are very – I mean, I guess maybe not, maybe I'm speaking broadly, but at least my specific circles are very much uh, hip to the Duncan Lemp thing. Uh, and I'm, so I'm hoping that maybe we can uh, push this as best we can. Uh, call on other people who have shows maybe to have you on or to cover it. Uh, I'd like to get this book to have some traction because I, I think, I, like I said, I read it already. I think it's kind of like the perfect length to where, you know, covers all the main stuff. It's uh, but not being too lengthy. Um, I do also want to probably maybe later at a later time, probably cover that Hastings one. Uh, so uh, I do want to let you guys know this is probably this will probably be the first of multiple for this one. Uh, but um, anyways, let's go ahead and just really quick. Could you give a recap of who Duncan was and kind of an overview of the situation? Then we'll start getting into it. So back in March of 2020, uh, there was a raid on a house uh, in Maryland. Uh, in Montgomery County, and it was 4.30-ish in the morning. Uh, the time varies depending on the report. And a SWAT team goes into a upper-middle-class neighborhood. Uh, the team splits up, and one team is outside Duncan's bedroom. The other team is at the front door. And at the same time, they start smashing windows and breaking the front door in, uh, throwing in uh, flashbang grenades, and then proceeding to go into the house. Uh, but as for Duncan's bedroom, they didn't go in through the door that goes directly into the bedroom. They smashed the window, pulled the blinds aside, and depending on the version of the story you go by, it doesn't really matter. At the end, uh, Duncan is shot five times, and dies, uh, falls bleeding on the floor, and passes away before paramedics are brought in to uh, 
try to aid in his uh, injuries. So that's um, that's a brief description as to what happened. Yeah, I do want to say, if I recall correctly from my uh, case, episode with Casey, I don't believe they even tried to do anything for him. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I may, may have recollected that wrong. Real quick, I do address a super chat from JC. Just became a member. Thank you. I see you in these chat in these uh, in these streams frequently. I appreciate the support, uh, you know, and appreciate it. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, I think a good uh, this kind of will go into. And this was something that was covered in my episode. My memory's a little bit foggy on it. I, being as you wrote a book on it, uh, I think you probably have a little bit. You know, may have a little bit more solid. Uh, you know. Uh, info on it let's go into it i guess essentially them kind of casing the joint and kind of it starts out with a quote unquote weird guy who kind of showed up uh let's let's talk about that a little bit yeah so uh it was mentioned in the um interview that you did with casey where she talked about a weird or strange weaselly guy who was hanging out at the house the uh the evening before the raid she couldn't really figure out why he was there. Um, later, Duncan had mentioned that he was trying to get concert tickets off of the guy. But the guy was con consistently trying to, he was saying negative things about the police, trying to get some type of confirmation from Duncan on that. Uh, and later on, at, even after he left, uh, after a small altercation between her and him and Casey, uh, where she was kind of confronting him on like, you don't own guns, do you? And he was like, no. And she's like, good. You seem very irresponsible. Uh, he leaves. And then she, I don't remember what time period it was, but later he unexpectedly showed back up at the house saying that he forgot his phone charger. And after he left that time, the outdoor security cameras were moved. Um, They're noticing that, that things had been tampered with after uh, that second visit, uh, that that told me, so with the December 31st report, there was a whole paragraph as to where the SWAT team got their intel from. And the very, the first section of it, the, the, the biggest portion of that section was from a confidential source. And it wasn't an anonymous tip, it was a confidential source. And I think that's the big thing that, uh, should be taken away from that. But then the very last line, it said from another source, they know they had learned that there was the booby trap on the door. So it's not uncommon when a SWAT team goes into a house that they send somebody in, some type of informant who's working for the police department to scope it out, get a layout, find out what kind of security measures they have, where the points of entry are, who's sleeping where, what kind of weapons, where are the weapons located, and when they leave, they give all that intel to the SWAT team so that they know how to operate and raid the house. All right. Yeah, uh, it, it it definitely was kind of weird that that happened. It, it I mean, the guy was glowing. Uh, it's just it was a good way to put it. You know, in our my circles, uh, he was definitely you know kind of uh, maybe maybe not trying to get him to say stuff that would implicate him, but definitely get him to say suggestive things for sure. Uh, that was definitely the implication I got when I had Casey on. This guy was definitely, uh, you know, you know, being weird. And like you said, it definitely uh, kind of showed previous knowledge of, of stuff going on in the house. Uh, they had a good idea. 
Uh, let's start going into the different versions uh, of the events because the cops had three, I believe, according to you. I, th- I could have swore there were more, but I guess I'll take your word for it because I know when it was initially happening, I was following the story pretty closely around the time this was uh, all fresh. And I, I felt like there were more, but, you know, three is still a lot. Uh, so <laughs> let's go into the individual uh, versions and then we'll kind of, you know, after we'll kind of sum up how they conflict and what doesn't really add up. Uh, so if you could go into the first version of events, which is the one they released on March 13th, which when uh, real quick, when did the shooting occur? Because I, I think that matters in, in occurrence. I forget. I, don't know if I you believe it was uh, the 12th. Okay. I want to say it was right. March 12th. And uh, so the next day was when the uh, was when the press release was uh, put out. And that was very short. Uh, it basically stated that a SWAT team entered a residence. Um, they uh, shot and killed a suspect when he confronted them. And there really wasn't that much detail to it. Um, there was kind of the question of like, what do they mean by confronted? Was he armed? Was he unarmed? Did he just approach them? Uh, it doesn't really have any detail to it whatsoever. So the second account came out, I believe it was two or three days after that. I want to say it was the 15th or the 16th. Uh, That one was more specific, and that was the oddest one. Uh, This is the one where it goes more into detail, talks about the breaking of the window, uh, how there was officers outside the bedroom. But then it states that the officers who went into the house from the front door entered the bedroom and that was where they found Duncan holding the rifle standing in his bedroom. And that's when they shot him, which is completely different from every other uh, version of the accounts that uh, were released before or after. Um, The third account, which was the longest. uh, Real quick. I do want to emphasize the third account came out, I think nine months later. Yes. (laughs) So the, the the first two were within like the week, the same week, and then the, the last one was nine months later. Because I, I do this was I think what twenty twenty something like that. So it was mm-hmm. there was a lot of COVID craziness, which they kind of use as a lot of excuses for why they weren't gonna, uh, why they couldn't do certain things. It's also what you know we'll probably get into it later. Kind of uh, hemmed up some of the protests and stuff like that. So they definitely use this uh, period to their advantage, whether it was intentional or just to be happenstance. Uh, you know it definitely was uh but but yeah go ahead and go into the third if you don't mind so the third report uh it's a very lengthy one uh was released december 31st last day of the year uh probably hoping that nobody would notice and that one was a very detailed several page description as to how the raid went down uh what information they had they kind of went into where they got the information from, but they still didn't say exactly who or how they came across this. Uh, But with that version of the raid, they talked about splitting the teams up uh, at the window, at the front door. There were two guys that were at the window. At the same time, they entered the house. They threw in flashbang grenades, but there's certain details that they also leave out and I don't know if it's intentional or if it's just sloppy writing because later on they say that there was two flashbang grenades that were found in the bedroom but there's only one mentioned during the process being thrown in Uh, 
I have a feeling that was intentional and I can explain that a little bit later, but um, what ends up happening in this report is that they said uh, they broke the window, they pulled the blinds aside. Uh, at that point, Duncan had gotten up out of bed, grabbed his gun, was raising it towards the officer, and that was when they shot him. Then he fell uh, onto the floor against the uh, French doors that go into the bedroom from the kitchen area of the house. And when the officers going in through the front door tried to enter into the bedroom, they couldn't get the door open because Duncan's body was laying against it. They cracked it open enough to throw in the second flashbang grenade. Uh, after that, they were able to get the door open. Uh, they found him bleeding on the floor. Uh, that was when they restrained Casey. Uh, and then they were securing the weapons. There was descriptions about how they found the rifle underneath Duncan's body and that the magazine fell out when they kicked it out from under him and put it on the bed. Uh, it went into a lot of details, but then the more you look into the details, the more they really don't add up either. Uh, they were able to disengage the booby trap that was on the door. And um, they, the rest of the team was going through the house, securing the rest of the family, tracking down evidence, gathering all that up. And uh, it wasn't until the house was secure that they finally brought paramedics in. And um, depending on the version, there was the story where it was one of the officers, SWAT team officers that removed the rifle from underneath uh, Duncan. There was another one where they said that uh, one of the paramedics removed it in order to start working on him. Uh, I don't know which one to believe. Uh, honestly, I don't think the rifle was ever in Duncan's possession or that it was under his body to begin with. Uh, there's no video evidence of it because they didn't have their cameras on during the raid. Or so they say, but yes. Uh, <laughs> which I, I vaguely remember something that, because uh, I, I follow a lot of James Bovard's work around the time, but I do remember something along the lines of that they just never had their cameras on the beginning uh, to begin with. Yep. Uh, and it's kind of up in the air whether they're even supposed to or not or, or, or not supposed to. Uh, it's very shaky. I, I, I wish I could remember, you know, I've forgotten more about this case than I remember. Uh, which is kind of a function of them, you know, dragging their feet on so much of this stuff. Um, is there any other major aspects of this that you can recall that uh, conflict before we move on? Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, there was also in that same report, there was the version that Casey Robinson gave to the grand jury. Um, she testified, I believe she tried to testify uh, I think she had to go in twice the first time she was too upset. And then she went in a second time to give her testimony. Um, and in that version, she, I'm just going to say allegedly because these grand juries are supposed to be sealed and the information is not supposed to be released. But for some reason for this special report that they released, um, they were giving uh, detailed dialogue from the testimonies Um in, in her story, at that point, Duncan had picked up the rifle, shot at the officers, and there was a, an exchange of, of gunfire between the two of them when Duncan was shot. Uh, there was no evidence of uh, that ever happening. Uh, 
Um, there was also the the very telling paragraph. Real, real quick, real quick. I don't I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to say she did on my show because uh, this is one thing I was reading to the book. I was kind of like it, it kind of lit up at me. It, it, you said that she had conflicting uh, statements, assuming that the grand jury's one is is correct. Because on my show, if I recall correctly, I might be wrong. She basically kind of was like. She was disoriented, didn't really know, kind of deal, yep. right? which is completely fair. It makes sense. She got flashbanged, uh, but and it probably all happened so quick. Um, so I actually sent her a copy because uh, she had actually asked about it because I had been talking to her. Uh, so I'm kind, I kind of hope to hear back from her because I'd like to hear if she can be like, hey, the you know, it'd be really great if she was like, yeah, they're full of shit, or or you know, or even you know, I'm sure there could be a legitimate uh, you know explanation. I I will. I'll be completely frank. I'm extremely biased towards Casey <laughs> so, <laughs> for, I don't know, obvious reasons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she was kind of put through an incredible trauma and then dragged out to, uh, you know, talk about it shortly after. So, or supposedly, I don't know. I, I didn't even, wasn't even aware of this grand jury, uh, you know, and that it supposedly got released, uh, you know, that, that, that was kind of wild. Uh, you know, so I, I would really, I do hope to hear back from her because uh, she was intending to read it, and I'm sure she'll probably send notes to whether to me or you or something along those lines. Because I, I would like to hear about that because I think there's probably more to that story in particular for sure. Uh, oh yeah, and, and uh, one thing I'd, I'd like to point out about her interview was that you know at, at at the time right after he was shot. She was also standing there thinking that she was going to be next. Like, I just witnessed a freaking assassination, uh, an execution of my my boyfriend. And uh, what do you do next? You take care of the witnesses. So it could have just been very uh, say what's expected to be said. I don't know. Who knows? Um, one thing that they said at the end of the December 31st report was that her version of events conflicts with the shooting officer's version of events, which we still don't know who the shooting officer is. They won't release that name, but we seem to get the name of every other officer who shoots somebody uh, these days. And um, they were, their explanation was that because she had been, because a flashbang grenade was used in the room, it causes disorientation and confusion what they decided to leave out is the fact that if you see the grenade go off, it causes temporary blindness. And because of the concussion of the grenade, it also causes temporary deafness, which means of course, she's not hearing what the officer is saying, which she did uh, testify to that on, on your show and with the grand jury that she had no idea what the officer was saying at the window. Uh, and that, which is important to point out, probably Duncan didn't either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, he failed to follow commands. Well, yeah, you also made sure he couldn't hear them as well, right? <laughs> yeah. But then they uh, they don't bother to mention that at all in the report is that all the side effects. And you can easily Google. You can just go on Google and say side effects of flashbang grenade, and it's all listed right there. Yeah, or just have a modicum of like common sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, go on. Uh, I'm sorry to make it you off. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then there's the the version that uh, K 
Casey has uh, on your show where, you know, she's hiding under the bed. She can't really see what the heck is going on. Uh, There's glass flying everywhere. Uh, Can't hear anything. All of a sudden, you know, Duncan shot and is lying on the floor. Um, That one seems to be the most, in my opinion, honest uh, reaction that somebody would have under those circumstances, you know, uh, explosions, glass flying everywhere, people standing outside your window waving guns around. Uh, yeah, you're going to try to hide and put the bed between you and whoever it is that's coming to invade your house. Um, the sixth and final version that I could find was from the family lawyer who's insisting that they shot through the window at Duncan while he was sleeping in bed. Um, so and no flashbang, no nothing. I always thought that was kind of weird because that was the initial thing that came out, the salacious thing from the attorney. And I don't know if there's an explanation from that. It would be nice to know. Uh, but yeah, I, maybe you know more about that specific uh, testimony. Uh, I, the only thing that I could gather from the interviews that she gave on different podcasts was that, uh, this information was coming from autopsy reports so I don't know if she's got, you know, the angles of the bullets that she's going by. Um, I honestly, aside from that, I, I believe she mentioned the the autopsy report. And that's, that's how she was trying to uh, say that he was still lying in bed when they, they shot him. Um, but other than that, uh, I did try to get a hold of her and didn't get a response. Um, I did talk to Jim Bovard. Um, uh, I had a couple uh, interactions with him regarding different questions that I had. And, you know, I used a lot of his articles for information on this book. And um, yeah, that was, that was the final version that I was able to find was the attorney where she's like, Oh, he was asleep lying in bed and they just shot him. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, there's some far out ones, but you know, this is (laughs) kind of leaning towards the top. If you ask me. Yeah. It does seem kind of wild. I mean, which I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not past the realm of something I could believe, but uh, you got to give me something, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, give me something to go off of. Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem to really comport to any of the uh, different, um, you know, the uh, accounts. Like, I feel like if you kind of accumulate all the different accounts, you probably get a good idea of what likely happened. Uh, and in my, like I said before, I kind of am a little more biased towards Casey's. So, you know, you kind of add in all the accounts and then kind of give, in my opinion, a little bit of leeway more towards Casey's sequence of events. I think that's probably more likely you, you kind of mix those all together, uh, you know, with adding favor to that. That's, that's likely probably what happened. And, uh, and I, I think we'll probably get into that later and probably in a later episode, what, what you think specifically happened. And I, I think I, I tend to be kind of in agreement with what you say, um, but let's get into uh, kind of the evidence stuff because uh, there was some weird fuckery with the uh, the evidence. Like the even the prosecution didn't even get a lot of the evidence, although they did get a copy of his criminal record, which kind of plays mm-hmm. into this. Um, but yeah. So the the uh, we haven't really talked about like why they decided to raid the house. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to back up a little bit, there was a confidential source who contacted the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department 
and uh, was giving them information on Duncan uh, owning firearms, uh, specifically an Israeli model uh, bullpup uh, assault rifle. Um, I really hate that term just because it's a bullshit term that politicians use. Uh, But allegedly this model was illegal in Maryland, or at least that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to make the argument that it was full auto and that the barrel was, I believe, too long uh, in accordance to the state. Maybe too Um, short. That would make more sense. (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But either way, it was it was definitely a, a bad thing. It looked bad. <laughs> yeah, and, to, and, and and you may be about to say this, but I do want to point out in case you don't. Uh, from my recollection of going over Bovard's articles, uh, it ended up not being the case. So they're just kind of like, oh, well, I guess we fucked up, kind of deal. Like, oh, it wasn't even what we thought. And then it, they go into kind of his criminal record. It's it's it seems to be always this way with cops. Whenever they do something wrong, they find another excuse, another excuse, another excuse. Because the initial was something along the lines of it was like too short of a barrel, or I, I can't remember the specifics, but it was supposedly an illegal weapon. Uh, yeah. And then come to find out, it wasn't even a legal weapon. Uh, like I guess it was a. I mean, I'm not like a. I'm, I'm like I'm a sort of gun guy. I'm not like a guy who knows like details of different types. Uh, but it was my understanding that it, like it's one of those like type of weapons that can like look like one, just in the same idea that an AK-47 can be automatic some places. Uh, you know, you can have an automatic AK-47 and you can have a normal AK-47. They can look exactly the same, but it's a matter of what the components on the inside are. And it's the same idea that like, well, theoretically, this thing could be automatic. It's like, well, you don't fucking know that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's kind of what they started off with initially. They were like, well, we thought he was in possession of a legal weapon. And then it became, oh, he's not supposed to even be in possession of weapons. But Right, well, right. Yeah, so uh, they get this information that he owns this rifle and, and several other rifles. Um, there's also information that's given to them where he's on websites like mymilitia.com. Uh, he's made negative comments about the police. I had no idea that was an illegal thing. Uh, they had his personal information from just trying to connect to other like-minded people on different websites. Um, God, what, what it, it was just none of the information that was given to the the sheriff's department was anything illegal although they really like to focus on this rifle this one rifle where not only did they only show a photo of him holding the rifle to the manufacturer but there's also video footage of duncan on instagram shooting the rifle at the range and you can see it from various angles showing that for one it's not automatic it doesn't have the switch for it uh, he didn't Maybe shoot he it. Maybe just has really good trigger control. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone's ever shot, a, shot an automatic or even a burst? I've shot burst weapons. I've never shot an automatic. There, there, you, there's no like amount of like trigger control or anything you could be like to, to, to reduce. Like, and it's, yeah, anyways, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's video footage of footage of him handling this weapon at the gun range. And yet they don't show that to the manufacturer. They just take we don't even know what the photo looks like and they just show a photo to the manufacturer and they're like, yeah, that looks like our rifle. Um, so they use that to go by. And then, uh, later on, they tried to argue that because Duncan had a felony as a minor, he's not allowed to own, 
these weapons before the age of 30. Uh, but there's no evidence whatsoever to show, like they, they refused to uh, release his, his records from when he was a minor. Although the prosecuting attorney who looked at the, uh, the, the shooting uh, case was able to access those right away, like right after the shooting happened, they're like, oh, well, here's his criminal record. And, oh, okay. Uh, meanwhile, the family attorney, she's been sending subpoenas to get her hands on these records to show, to see the evidence against, you know, the, the deceased. And uh, they're like, no, those, those are sealed. And she's like, yeah, but you know, there's a lawsuit here. Both sides get to see the same evidence and they just absolutely refuse to release these records. And part of me believes it's because uh, either a, they don't exist or B, they do not tell the story that they want told, uh, which I'm more leaning towards the second one. And yeah, um, uh, go on, sorry. Yes. I, I was just going to point out that, uh, I, I wish I could remember the specifics. Uh, I, you know, I, I highly suggest anyone watching this go check out my episode with Casey. Uh, she refers some previous crime, but uh, they, they, none of them were under the impression he wasn't supposed to have a weapon. Uh, he had some sort of crime, but I don't believe it was even a felony, if I remember correctly. Maybe you recall specifically from the interview what she she said I, he he did. It was something stupid. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, I believe it was um, underage drinking. He had gone to a party and then uh, taken a car to drive to somebody else's house when he got pulled over. Uh, but, you know, according to the family, he didn't go to juvie. He he did whatever it is that he was supposed to do afterwards, like community service or whatever. Whatever it would have been, it was all taken care of. You know, nothing serious, just minor offenses. Um, she did also mention that there was an ex-girlfriend that, OD'd while at his house, but that's not anything that uh, it sounded like he was linked to. It just sounded like he was with somebody who um, had a bad habit and, um, you know, things went bad. And he ended up, uh, it sounded like he ended up saving her life because he had to call for paramedics to come and help her and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, reacted appropriately to the situation. So I don't see where that would be uh, setting him in a negative light. Yeah, if I recall from that, I believe Casey was getting at that. I think, I mean, once again, I have awful memory, so you know, go check out the previous. So I believe she was getting at that. I th- either she was implying or saying for a fact that there were similar officers in, involved in that as opposed as this. So she was kind of like drawn a link of like, they were kind of aware of him. Like maybe they kind of had like a bias against them, something along those lines. I, I may be wrong, uh, but I, that's my recollection off the top of my head. I probably should have rewatched it before we did this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, be- I believe that was what she's getting at. Real quick, I want to address the super chat. Uh, Drywall, oh, OKC, and now Duncan Lemp, Wells earned shekels. Appreciate the super chat. It's a big one, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I highly suggest uh, he's referring. I've done like a deep dive on the OKC stuff. I highly suggest you guys check it out. That was a, uh, I have probably one more episode left. I think it's next week uh, for those who are interested. That should be the last one, uh, aside from maybe doing like updates whenever new information comes out because there's still new information coming out about. Something happened in 95, <laughs> fucking OKC. So <laughs> I'm sure the same thing will happen with Duncan Lemp. We'll be hearing stuff about this decades from now. Like, oh, guess what we just released. So, and that's the way of things. That's how they get away with this bullshit. Um, 
But uh, anyways, um, I don't know if you had anything to add on on that aspect. Otherwise, I wanted to kind of get into the the, the previous raid that occurred uh, to Duncan Limp in 2016. But I don't know if you had anything to add to the previous point. Well, actually, I was going to – I thought maybe yeah. that was what you were referring to with this, uh, the, the previous raid. I didn't know if uh, oh. that was, like, somehow mingled in with the ex-girlfriend Odine or – because oh, I, oh. I couldn't that was mentioned that the 2016 raid was mentioned twice in the december 31st report and then she mentioned it um in the interview on your podcast and those were the only times that i could find anything about it. i asked jim bovert about it and he was like nope those records are sealed that was uh when he was juvenile so i have no idea what the 2016 raid was uh what that was about uh, how the police were involved. They were, they were trying to figure out if officers from uh, the raid in 2020 happened to be part of the raid in 2016, but they know that because of the 2016 raid, they had already had the layout of the house. Um, but yeah, that I couldn't really find anything other than just the mentioning of the 2016 raid. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. And I guess this kind of leads into the aspect of him being paranoid, which I think you can see that on multiple ways. You could see that he had this, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, raid that happened to him previously. Also, we'll probably get into this in later episodes where there definitely seem to be things that imply that he uh, he may have been getting the stuff that, you know, he seemed to be a guy who was, uh, had his wits about him. He knew the kind of stuff he was getting into. Uh, they are not favorable of the uh, you know, he was, he was, he's very, he very much was one of us in the aspect of, he knows the government fucks around and he knew he was, uh, uh, while I still think he, he was fighting the good fight, I'm not saying he was doing something criminal. I think he just knew the, the type of stuff he may have been delving into is stuff that they don't appreciate, uh, which, you know, <laughs> like, so, I mean, it's not uncommon for crazy stuff to happen to people who, uh, delve into those type of spots, uh, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about, uh, you know, like kind of like the so-called paranoia he had, kind of the provisions he wanted to put in place. Yeah, so uh, there was, in the December 31st report, they, they had text messages between uh, Duncan and his mom. And he was asking to have a steel door put on his bedroom going to the outside of the house. Uh, there were two entr entrances to his bedroom. One went straight outside. The other one went into the house. Uh, his bedroom used to be the garage. Uh, they remodeled it, uh, replaced the garage door with a wall. They put windows all the way around. I think there were six windows going around the room. Uh, so that was his bedroom. And he was paranoid that anybody could smash the window, undo the lock, come into the house in a matter of seconds. So he wanted something that could stop uh, somebody from kicking the door in uh, to add a few seconds to a battering ram being used in his words. Um, and then the mom responded that, you know, you have all these windows that anybody could just walk through. And he was like, I just need seconds. Uh, so yeah, he, Whatever happened uh, 2016 definitely left him uh, fearful of experiencing that again. And um, he ended up, he also asked about getting an ADT security system, uh, which the family said was too expensive. Uh, 
And then he ended up ordering this uh, booby trap that went on the door going to the outside uh, so that when somebody pulled the door open, uh, it was a blank round. Uh, the police tried to make it sound like it could have been loaded with anything, but come to find out it was just a blank, which means that the gunpowder ejects out, um, causes a flash and a bang that would probably scare whoever was opening the door away. Uh, that was something that he, he ordered online and installed. And, uh, that was the booby trap that kept them from just kicking in the, the door just as he knew that they would. Yeah, which we kind of talked on this previously about this kind of this showed their previous knowledge of the layout and even of the specific booby trap because they, you know, kind of it seemed that they intentionally avoided it. Uh, it, it I also, you know, every time I feel like every time I've gone into this, I've mentioned uh, Malice's uh, quote where because they the, the police sort of tried to use this as like a sort of justification. And, you know, Malice's quote was like, well, you know, uh, if so, I mean, you kind of proved him right. So it's not really the you're not making the argument here. You think you are essentially. I don't remember a specific quote, but it, it was it was that in essence. Uh, if you real quick address the chat because they were asking about the state of residence. It was already answered in the chat, but it kind of brings up a good point to mention here. It happened in Maryland because that is kind of a big deal because Maryland is known for having shitty gun laws and, you know, kind of being yeah. authoritarian in general. Uh, you know, you're in Michigan, so I mean, you're, you're kind of in a similar situation. I'm not sure compared to each other. Uh, you know, I know you have Whitmer over there, and uh, I've covered the uh, the, the Whitmer uh, kidnapping thing too. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, Maryland, though, for those who are wondering, uh, do you think it's kind of an important point to here to you know if you're aware of how the laws are you know structured there. Um, all right, uh, let's, I kind of want to talk about, uh, you know, what kind of what we'll go into in future episodes here. We're going to, you know, kind of like the idea of like, what were his crimes? Why did they raid him? Uh, who was a confidential informant? Kind of a little teaser of like kind of things we will get to in the future. Uh, I don't know if you have any like comments to go into that, uh, you know, just without going too deep. Uh, if not, we'll, we'll go ahead and go and get into plugs. Uh, let people know about your book. Oh, okay. Um, let's see here. Um, so you want me to just briefly touch on some of those topics then? Yeah, yeah. Just just briefly, just a kind of a little teaser for future episodes, if you will, or uh, if if you if you, uh, I think those are kind of those are all weird questions of like, why the fuck did this even happen in the first place? Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the the crime in question. Um, officially it was uh the the gun possession but there's other evidence online to show that duncan was involved in other uh other activities uh linked to his uh computer programming skills that the government would be unfavorable of and um i i do have a couple of uh sources that confirm this uh i'll go more into detail into who they are and uh what their current state of uh uh activity is because uh that's uh, a very interesting story as well uh, but uh the confidential source i will say that there's a certain uh alphabet organizations that have programs who are monitoring everything that you do, uh, what you're doing, who you're doing it with. And um, it's well admitted and well documented at this point. 10 years ago, 
this was all controversial stuff. This was stuff that people like Michael Hastings was doing stories about. And people were like, no, they're not doing that. They can't be doing that. And it's like, hello, Patriot Act. Are, have you not been paying attention? Like, uh, there's a, a very good reason why groups like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, these companies, Google, they they don't even like have to ask for this information anymore. They just hand the data over to the government and the government can do whatever the heck they want with it. So um, that's one thing uh, I go into in the book. Uh, there were some changes after January 6th and um, that's why I'm able to like pinpoint exactly like where this information came from. Um, but uh, what was uh, one of the other questions you wanted me to? I, I think that was kind of all of it. We were, it was kind of, okay. uh, I kind of had like, what were his crimes? Why did they rate him? Who was a confidential informant? The, the first two are kind of like very similar, uh, kind of redundant. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's do plugs. I know you have your own podcast. It's a, I think it's a little more like a blog style type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, if you want to let people know about that, also let people know about the book, the title, you know, when it will be released, maybe any other details, uh, you know, um, you know, stuff of that, like, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, let people know about you, like where to find your stuff, uh, things like that. Okay. Uh, I have a website called the Uh It's where I post articles, uh, links to different podcasts like this one. Uh, I put your uh, OKC, uh, <laughs> series on there along with the Whitmer series. Cause, uh, it was just fantastic. Uh, I also have the podcast, uh, the collapse experiment.com or bleh, the collapse experiment, uh, where every other day or so I either cover current news that's going on that kind of coincides with what I believe to be the current state of the collapse that we're experiencing, uh, either in this nation, it's really bad in this nation, but uh, worldwide as well. Uh, you know, it, it's weird. Like the inflation that we're complaining about here, there's countries that are seeing it worse than what, how we have it. Um, we just don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's definitely something going on worldwide. Um, and I just try to cover a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a series on uh, the podcast uh, where I read from The Great Narrative, which is the sequel to COVID-19, The Great Reset. Um, I interject my own commentary, calling them out on their lies and their bullshit. Uh, try to make it as entertaining as possible because it's Klaus Schwab. It, the, it's yeah. not entertaining. It's very dry. I read. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean it's 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 mostly just giggle at them talking, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> Sorry, uh, okay, yeah. all my books are available in ebook and print format on Amazon. Um, is there anything else? Uh, what's the title of this book so people can know what to the, the this upcoming book so people know what to look out for coming out. Uh, and, and do you have an official release date yet? Sorry, I mean, cut you off. Yeah, uh, it's a crash in the night, the assassination of Duncan Lump. It's available October thirty first. It is available for pre order, and um, just uh, finishing up the um, the final edited, completely edited, um, polished version uh, for for the release. So awesome. Uh, 
I got a couple chats in here I wanted to address. How do you get people to give a damn about this kind of stuff? I guess what we're doing right here, I mean, it's the best we can kind of do. Uh, you know, tell people about it, podcasts, books. Uh, I'm glad that a book is finally coming out about this because uh, I think it's overdue. So I'm glad it's finally happening. Although, you know, on the other hand, though, I can understand why it hasn't. It hasn't been a book because it was one of those things that, like, there's still so much information that we're still, still churning, even now. But I think now is, like, when the iron is hot. It's the perfect time where you have, like, enough information to be able to drop a book so that'll be good um and then jc said i can't wait for this series we'll definitely check out matthew's site and podcast looking forward to the book too yeah uh i highly suggest you guys uh you know anyone other podcasters you watch this you know go hit up matthew uh i do definitely want to pro this book it's a big, big one uh the first of its kind uh yeah and you know if there's anyone you can you know uh, let know about this definitely do uh, but yeah, I appreciate your time. Uh, you know, this, like I said at the beginning, this is no way Jose show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major auto packages, obviously as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter at senior Jose 2020, follow me on Facebook as well. If you want, uh, and support me at patreon.com. It's no way Jose 2020 likes to subscribe, kind of all that good stuff. Do you have any like social, uh, social plugs you want to give or anything like that? I know you said, I, I saw before you said you can't stay on Twitter and I can sympathize with that's my, I think it's my third or fourth account. I always get to like 3000 and then I get hit. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't last on there long. I, I, I'm a first amendment uh, believer. So, you know, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And then next I know my account's gone. Um, yeah. Instagram. I'm still somehow on Instagram, although I'm constantly getting warnings for different things that I post on there. But um, I believe it's just Matthew Gilman uh, on Instagram. Um mostly just memes and funny stuff uh and then yeah basically just my my website i do have a youtube channel but last week i got a strike i think i might be able to post again but i yeah. i have this love hate relationship with uh youtube and um it's mostly hate <laughs> so, yeah. are you uh, are you backed up on odyssey or anything yeah i am okay yeah cool, cool. yeah uh, I definitely hope more people start going to Odyssey. So, yeah, if you can, go check him out on Odyssey, preferably. Because uh, uh, I've had my first strike, too. I questioned uh, – uh, I always have to say it a certain way because just even feel like mentioning it, you know, uh, might get me. But I uh, I questioned that uh, religious uh, ceremony we, that occurs in this nation every four years. Uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't even me. It was one of my guests. And, uh, you know, uh, it was actually Top Lobster that I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, he was an episode. <laughs> Uh, you know, which, you know, I don't even necessarily completely disagree with them. We talked about that episode. Uh, that episode got taken down off YouTube. That was the first of the four Pony Boys series. So that's only on Odyssey. Uh, I guess it's an Odyssey exclusive uh, due to YouTube. So, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no, I don't know when you got it, but I think the way the first strike works, because you usually get a warning, because I, I had gotten a warning before because I had, uh, I had dropped a, I think it was on one of my OKC episodes. I had a little intro because I tried to do like different ones of different mm -hmm. like, edits that I found online. And one of them was this like super cut of all the crazy stuff that like CIA has done. Uh, although I know the OKC is more like FBI related, but it was, it was, it, it kind of ties in. Uh, but it was like all the crazy <laughs> stuff they've done, especially uh, like overseas toppling governments and stuff. And there's a lot of violence in there, but this is all stuff you could find like the news and stuff. So I didn't mm -hmm. think it would be an issue. But I guess just because it was like a super cut of all of them, they got it for like, gore and gratuitousness is like you know stuff like gaddafi and stabbed and stuff like that like yeah uh you know so and they got it for that and that was only a warning so that wasn't really an issue they just took down the episode that was it uh and i had to re-upload it and like remove that little segment but uh 
Yeah, the first one, I think it's like a, the first strike, uh, you know, because you have the warning, then you have the strike. The first strike, you get a week, I believe. You can't post or stream. So, you know, I think once you pass your week, that good. But you have 90 days to where you're still on the hook to where if you get hit again, mm-hmm. you'll get another strike. And then I think it's something like two weeks or something or a month that you can yeah. post or upload. So, so I've been trying to behave. I don't know where I'm at in those 90 days. I think I'm probably about like maybe halfway through. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just letting you know as a little warning. You maybe be a little safe. There's certain topics you got to be careful about. I mean, I know it sucks. It is what it is. Or you can just not give a fuck and just, you know, balls the wall. But, uh, you know, well, I, I, had a, <laughs> I had a really hard time believing that they were as strict as they were with certain things. And back in 2020, when the um, the horse paste was uh, becoming very popular, like you, positive or negative, you could not say it on there. And so I just did a video. It was like a five-second video. I'm like, there's no way that this is true. So I'm standing there. I only say it. And then that was the end of the video. And, you know, I'm not saying one thing or another. I'm just saying the word. And not even an hour later, uh, videos removed. I got a warning, a um, couple emails. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I couldn't believe that because all these stories were popping up of, like, you know, my my channels channels were being taken down. Uh, there was like serious repercussions for even talking about it. And I was like, there's there's no way like this is insane. We have we have a constitution. <laughs> and so for some reason, it just doesn't apply to the one place where we can freely talk to one another. It's weird. It's a, it's a private company, bro. All right. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but yeah, uh, no, uh I mean, I, it's funny too. Some of the stuff that you get nuked for now, you won't get nuked for, uh, or nuked before before, you won't get nuked for now. Like what you just mentioned, yep. I'm not gonna say it just in case, but I'm pretty sure you can talk <laughs> about that now. That's not an issue anymore, uh, you know, because you know, come to find out, they were kind of wrong. So you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, you know, okay, um, you know, I guess it depends on what specific claim you're making, but you know, a lot of the stuff that they were nuking for people for before were stuff they were completely right about. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you got to kind of figure it out. And it is weird because I've actually done a lot of episodes that I like swore was going to get nuked. Uh, you know, that religious ceremony I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I literally did an entire episode on that, like probably a couple months prior to the episode, uh, you know, that I got nuked for. Uh, or not nuked, I guess it's going to be one episode, the strike four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, they didn't, they didn't get that. I ended up like after the strike, removing it just cause I was worried they'd like, you uh, know, uh, so it's only on Odyssey now. Uh, but uh, cause I was worried they might like go back through my past stuff and, uh, you know, remove it or something. But yeah, no, I did an entire episode on the, uh, that uh, religious ceremony that occurs every four years and why it <laughs> may, be, uh, may have been, uh, may have been in question in that specific scenario. Uh, you know, but, and they, they didn't take it, but then I mentioned it once in another stream. It's weird. It's an algorithm. I, I, don't, I don't know the rhyme or reason to it. I'm sure you can sometimes get away with it. And that's what makes it hard because you're like, I don't know when I can because then you get this idea of like, well, I got away with that one time, you know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess you dropped all your socials, all that stuff. Uh, we're a good point to stop. I appreciate your time. There'll be more of these. Uh, I don't know how many. I don't have a good idea. Uh, we'll be covering a lot of stuff. I like. I've read two of your books now. I've read the Michael Hastings ones you sent to me. I like the way you read because or write because I mean, especially if it's a podcaster, it gives me a lot of things to jump off of. So we'll in this series we'll be we'll kind of go into different little aspects. You know, for example, as a little hint, we'll we'll probably do a little bit of a mini deep dive into like the three percenters, which will be interesting. Okay. 
you know, for me, I just like, I hear three percenters and even where I've kind of been involved in these things, I learned a lot from it. For me, I just think boomers and feds. That's all I think when I think of three percenters. So, uh, That's all it is up in Northern Michigan right now. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> but, but I appreciate your time. We'll get out of here. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Uh, and we, that we are out.